This is episode number 311 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, if you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about exercise modifications for pregnancy because Jess and I commonly get asked, you know, should I modify? When should I modify? Like what trimester? So today we're going to go over some signs that you may want to modify your exercise, but also then some specific modifications you may want to use. So I know just with your online programs, I'm sure this is like just built in, in terms of with each trimester, eh? Yeah, it definitely is. And yeah, our programs are designed to specifically move through each trimester and even more so than that, our programs are designed in four week blocks. So what someone is doing in weeks 13 of pregnancy is different than they're doing in weeks 18 or 19 and completely different from what they're doing in weeks, you know, 33 or 37. And, you know, it's of our opinion that that's how a structured pregnancy exercise program should be designed for best results and most comfort. 
And it's also what I love about strength training because it's so easy to modify regardless of what someone might need. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's going to depend on how someone's feeling. Um, everyone has, we've, we had different pregnancies from each other and we were pregnant at the same time. So, I mean, everyone is going to feel something a bit different. So we'll dive into some signs of, you know, why you may want to modify, um, or when, so we'll start with what we're talking about. is like pelvic floor symptoms, right? So if you find yourself leaking pee, if you find yourself having pelvic floor heaviness, or perhaps you've been, um, aware that you have pelvic organ prolapse, um, but also pelvic floor heaviness can come from a variety of other reasons as well. Um, back pain or pelvic pain or just pain in general, those can be signs of like, okay, do we want to tweak what we're doing? And just as a side note, this would be just for any time in life, not just in pregnancy. Um, but that would be one sign that, okay, let's tweak something, not necessarily stop the exercise. We want to modify first and see if we can continue doing it just in a bit of a different way. Um, another one would be doming or not being able to control that, um, intra-abdominal pressure. And Jess and I have done a number of episodes around diastasis and about doming. So that's where the kind of midline around your, along your abdomen might be kind of coning or doming upwards. Um, this can be common, especially in pregnancy. If you, you know, try to do a sit up, maybe you're trying to get out of the bathtub. Those would be, sometimes you might see it. And we've talked about over and over how that in itself isn't necessarily bad and it's not necessarily an injury, but we just want to be aware of it. And in pregnancy, because the abdomen is stretching, the connective tissue is stretching, could we maybe find another way of doing that exercise so then you're not having that repeatedly happen over and over? your students come into your coaching programs, do you find that they come in asking those questions or it's more as they go along that it comes up? I find my clients typically come in already with a bunch of questions of what they're experiencing. Yeah, that's so true. It's probably a combo for us people who, if they come into the pregnancy earlier because people are joining us at all different times, like people are joining you in clinic at all different times mm -hmm. of their pregnancy, yeah, if it's in the beginning stages, they probably are not feeling too much different in their body right now in terms of those actual symptoms or changes to the abdomen or the pelvic floor. But it's more so as they get along into second, third trimester, when things start cropping up, then they start to feel like, how do I adjust this now? What do I do? Or do I need to do anything, honestly? Mm -hmm. And I find too for our clients and coaching students that are like in their second or third pregnancy that sometimes they come in, even though they're not having it, they're like, last time I had this pelvic pain, what can I do to try to avoid it? And while we can't promise that you, you can totally prevent something, there may be things we can modify earlier on that could help not experience that or push it off as long as we can. Another thing would be lying on your back. So this may be something you may want to modify. Not everyone has to. And I think that's more and more um, are hearing this in pregnancy where it's not necessarily never beyond your back. And I find care providers are also educating their clients about this too. So things like perhaps a bridge or a chest press, if you're lying on the floor or lying on a bench, um, 
if you have symptoms like lightheadedness, maybe your heart starts racing, nausea, or just generally feeling off, that can be a good time that you may want to adjust what you're doing. So potentially going back to that um, chest press example, if you're doing it on a bench, could we incline or elevate the bench? So then you're not flat on your back. So just to know, like in my first pregnancy, I could exercise my back all the way till the end. I didn't feel anything. Whereas with my second, I think it was like further into the second trimester, maybe early third trimester. And if I was on my back doing stuff, my heart would just start to like palpitate and start to race. And I'm like, this is my sign of like not being here anymore. So it is one of those things where it's going to vary for each person and just kind of listen. And even if it's that idea of you generally just feel off that is a good reason to adjust that positioning. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. First pregnancy, not an issue. Did exercises on my back till 42 weeks of pregnancy. Second pregnancy, same. I think it was like late second trimester, early third trimester. I just felt like my breath wasn't normal or I couldn't control it or I couldn't get a deep enough breath if I was on my back for you know, even a full set of chest presses, like say eight to 10 dumbbell chest presses from the floor didn't feel great. So this could be really different between your pregnancies. And on a note about this as well, we program exercises on the back very intentionally during pregnancy. So it might be a set of bridges and then roll to the side. And it's a set of you know, clamshells, for example, and then we're up and seated to do seated overhead presses. And then we're back to a supine or an exercise on the back. So you definitely can incorporate them again, if these symptoms are not coming up. And just with how you program the workout, you can include these in a way that could help you to feel better with them. Mm -hmm. That's great. Great example with that. And the other sign you may want to change is just those movements feel awkward. And anytime I say this to my clients or checking in with my bump to birth method students, they're like, I totally know what you're talking about now. So it's that idea, for example, if you do barbell work and let's say you're doing a deadlift, eventually your belly is going to be in the way of the bar. So it just feels awkward to do it. So you may decide, let's say to adjust to do use dumbbells, you may decide to do more of a unilateral option. So just knowing that that awkward feeling, because again, things are are growing and often in the front, your belly is growing, your chest is growing. Um, so that awkward feeling can be a reason too, as well as squats. So just yesterday I was working with a client as she's going through pregnancy and I had her show me her squat and she's like, it just feels really weird. And I was like, try widening your feet, try a little bit of extra rotation. Like both of those things I find are great for accommodating as your body changes in pregnancy. Um, and then an example of not a strength exercise, but a mobility exercise is child's pose. And so again, as your belly grows, it's just honestly awkward. So I often find if we get out that birth ball, that exercise ball, and you have your hands on that, and you go into child's pose, then you get a really satisfying mid back stretch, you can still do the exercise, you can still lengthen throughout your back and get your deep breath, um, even all the way till the end of pregnancy. Are there some other awkward movements that you recall, Jess, in terms of uh, exercise and pregnancy? <laughs> Just everything. Yeah. In my second pregnancy, 
I was just yeah. talking with someone yesterday, maybe about my second pregnancy, because I just like, I'll never get over how uncomfortable <laughs> I was the entire time. <laughs> but it's so true that, and we'll talk about this more specifically in just a minute here. But yeah, it's not like, okay, squats feel awkward. Let's toss them out for the rest of the pregnancy. It's mm-hmm. let's just find a different variation of that pattern to include. Yeah, exactly. So that's, we'll jump into those examples. So yeah, squats for sure, getting the legs wider often feel immediately better. Um, And it's not just for your belly as well. I find it often takes pressure off your back, the kind of the wider the squat is. So that would be one example. With lunges, I often have clients, regardless of pregnancy or not, this often feels better and feels more effective, but including in pregnancy is that bit of that ski jump posture. So more of that lean forward. So most of the weight is going to be in your front leg. You're going to feel the front glute. The back leg is more just there for balance. And so I find this can help with back pain, pelvic pain, pelvic floor pressure. Now, that being said, yes, as you go into it, you might need to adjust the depth of lunge you go into because you are in that slight lean forward. But I find you can still get a pretty good depth um, and just overall feel better. Uh, with lunges. And then like we talked about before with deadlifts. So I find switching up what you're actually using to do your deadlift. Um, And one thing I do a lot with clients, and I know you do too, Jess, is unilateral work. So working more kind of one side, whether it's the arms or the legs, because I find when we think ahead to postpartum, like that is just life. You are often holding the baby, holding the diaper bag, holding the short, something in one arm, doing something with the other. So especially with upper body work, I'm often encouraging clients and coaching them to actually do more unilateral work, especially as pregnancy goes on. A, because it's less awkward, but B, also because it actually helps with their postpartum recovery and just in general exercising postpartum. Yeah, that's great advice. A note on the deadlifts is that something that might help, especially if you feel like your belly is getting in the way of the hinge, is to take a wider foot stance, a sumo type stance through the deadlift as well too. And or if you love deadlifting with barbells, instead of using a conventional stance with a regular barbell, If you have a trap bar available to you, that can be way comfier because it's not going to put you in such a hinged position. You're going to be a little bit more upright and the belly has a bit more space. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to ab exercises, I find this is, again, another common one. I have clients being like, should I do this? I don't know what to do. So I just haven't done any like traditional ab exercises because how Jess and I talk about core work is really you can bring core into any exercise um, especially when it comes to strength training so in terms of for traditional exercises you might be picturing like crunches or sit-ups that sometimes then we want to uh, uh, like modify those in terms of we could do elevated planks we could do side plank variations Uh, wood chops are great too. So there's so many other quote unquote core exercises we can do that like the sit-ups and crunches again, they're not necessarily bad. They're just a awkward. 
And B, oftentimes we're putting extra pressure just because as our belly grows, it's hard not to. So lots of other options that can be done. I've heard some people be told like, don't plank in pregnancy, which I don't, I'm not really on that page. I think you can totally plank throughout pregnancy, but that idea, we want to modify it. So as we get to that third trimester, if you're still doing planks on the floor, it can be hard to, again, oppose that intra-abdominal pressure and to feel like you're actually engaging pelvic floor and core, kind of that whole system. So a modification for planks or push-ups would be elevating them. So if you do have a bench at home, that is an option or at the gym. But I always say you can use like your second or third stairs. If you have stairs on your main floor at home, you could use your couch. You could use if your coffee table is super sturdy, potentially using that. So just finding a way to elevate those two types of movements will allow you to continue doing those quite far and right till the end of pregnancy. Yeah, I think that's great. There was one other thing I was going to say about the unilateral exercises and the lunges and, uh, you know, going from your body not being pregnant to being pregnant or very pregnant can feel strange on your balance and your rootedness into the floor. Don't be afraid to use some sort of support if you're doing a unilateral exercise, like a reverse lunge, like a staggered stance or one leg deadlift, for example. Put a hand on a wall, put a hand on the bench. I do this all the time and I'm not a pregnant person because it helps me to feel stronger and more stable in these types of exercises. So don't be afraid to get some balance to help you out from an external type support. Mm -hmm. And going along with the unilateral type exercises, we often see this recommendation of like, especially with something like a lunge of like to, as pregnancy goes on, you know, don't do unilateral lower body exercises anymore because it might create or flare up pubic symphysis pain. So that's pain at the front of your pelvis or SI pain or just pelvic pain in general. And Jess and I are more of the thought of rather than just say, stop doing it. Could we instead get to the root of the issue? And again, as a physio, that's what my role is, is to be like, why are you having this pain? Let's address the pain so you can keep doing this exercise versus just stop doing this for the rest of your pregnancy. Because I do feel it. it's, I know it comes from a good place when people do say that or professionals say that, but it often can create a lot of fear in someone. Because if you think of during the day, like doing stairs, most people need to do stairs at some point in their day. Walking is unilateral movement. There's so many unilateral movements we have to do in our day that rather than tell someone just stop doing it all together and only do symmetrical, like only do squats or only do where you have even weight on both legs, it's just kind of creating fear around those movements, but it's also not a very realistic look at what someone has to do during their day. So if you can, if you're experiencing this, try to, whether it's working with someone, whether it's like a physio or another health professional or fitness professional who understands this. So then they can help you get to the root, address the issue and keep you lunging or whatever that movement is um, as long as you can. So that that'll actually help you day to day and with exercise in general and pregnancy. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 